episode of Just a Quick Pinch. I'm your host, Connie Way. Ow, why'd you pinch me? <laughs> I didn't pinch you. Oh, she pinches me every time. <laughs> no, I really don't. Every you guys. time she I says swear. Just a Quick Pinch, I'm grimacing totally in the corner. <laughs> Hi, uh, Jimmy's here. I'm Jimmy. Um, you guys, today has been a day. Um, I'm so tired. So. I'm recording on Monday night. It's Monday night at 8.41 p.m. that we're recording this intro. You guys are going to hear this bright and early tomorrow morning, Tuesday at 5 a.m. Um, and it's been a very long day. But you know what? I'm going to go into it more in spit talk, so I don't want to ruin it right now. Do you have anything to say before? I was just going to say, I'm not even complaining that it's 8.41 and we're doing this. And to make it even sadder, really, it feels like 9.42 that we're doing. <laughs> Yes, it's daylight savings, everyone. It's the first day of daylight savings. Wow. Did you feel like you had a little bit more pep in your step this morning, though? I had more pep in my step this Good. morning, but then at, when 3 o'clock came around yeah. at work, my body was like, it's 4 o'clock, get the fuck out of work. You know what? That so but explains why my I brain was... was like, nah, bro. Yeah, that explains why I was so tired and fed up today in clinic, like, by 7.30 when I was, like, 7.00 yeah, when I left. because really, like, you're like, I'm at clinic an hour later than I'm supposed to. But really, that's just, like, your brain, like, yeah. I feel like it just takes your body a couple days. Like, it's just kind of rejecting this weird convention of daylight savings that we're apparently phasing out fairly soon anyway. Wait, did you guys hear the reason why, did you hear why daylight savings was a thing? Uh, Ben Franklin came up with something... Oh, that is not what I told all my patients today as small talk. Uh, I'm pretty sure he, pretty sure Ben Franklin invented it. At least that's what they say no. in, um, what's that declaration of independence? National treasure. Right. Yeah. Okay. So this is what I heard why they founded it. This is funny because now in hindsight, I've used this talking point for like all my patients and like, it's probably false. I heard that it was because there was an entomologist. Okay, I'm totally realizing now this Twitter, this tweet was fake. Someone tweeted that it's because an entomologist wanted more daylight to catch more bugs. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know why I thought he had the power to, to make daylight savings a thing, but that's what I thought it was. So every patient I met today, I was like, imagine that. He just loved bugs that much. Yeah, um... <laughs> Wait, is it true? Okay, what is the other savings time? Blah, 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 blah. You know, spring fast moving forward. Um, who, does, who, who like, founded okay. it? Oh, Ben Well, Franklin. many people think that he... Is there anything about an entomologist in that history report? Keep what? scrolling. Okay, so he wrote an essay saying that people should use sun, su- sunshine instead of candles. Maybe he was an entomologist. By waking up at dawn and uh, instead of waiting for the clock. So basically people just started in war to, like, allow more sunlight for war... <laughs> I like my version better to allow more sunlight for bugs. What's your favorite kind of bug? I don't know. We don't have time for this. Anyways, You're not a good entomologist. It is time for the hot girl huddle. Hit it, editing Connie. Alrighty, first things first for the hot girl huddle. We have our healthcare horoscope. So, Jimmy, I think it's my turn to pick the cards. It's absolutely not. <laughs> no, I think it is. You've picked. I think every... What? No, I haven't. You totally picked last time. I think you picked every single card in October. No, no, I really think that you picked last time. I hope someone will prove me right. Uh, No, no, uh, I really don't think that... Send Connie an audio clip of her picking last week. Fine, I'll let you pick this week. But I'm pretty sure that you picked last week No, you picked. You picked some stupid thing, uh, upside down cups thing... Don't gaslight me. Okay, here, pick. Can you fan them a little better? Yeah, yeah, here. My hands are so small. Okay, well, I want, I want you to fan this section. Okay. No, not that section. <laughs> <laughs> wait, you picked two. Did you pick two? Or? The, okay. Oh! No, wait, no, no, but it was upside down. Upside down death. Wait, no, no, death is actually a, a good card. This much what? I do know. No, this much I do know. Okay. I don't Bitty, like tarot, it. death. So, upright, death is a card of transformation and refers to needing to start over by letting go of the past. But in reverse, which is what we pulled, death can mean that you are on the verge of meaningful change but are resisting it. You may be reluctant to let go or you may not know how to make the change that you need. You still carry harmful viewpoints and these can interfere with new opportunities. Um, Because of this refusal, life has felt stagnated and you feel stuck in limbo death reversed offers you the opportunity to embrace change rather than resist it see what wonderful opportunities become available to you when you say yes to change as you learn to release the past and surrender to the present the future becomes brighter 
I embrace, oh, to support this, repeat the affirmation, I embrace change in all forms. I embrace change in all forms. Oh my god, Ellie just like whacked her tail right after we said that. She's embracing change. She's so cute, I think she understands. Does this mean I should quit my job? <laughs> yes. Are you going to say that about every, oh, she just whacked her tail again. Oh Ellie, my god. Ellie loves a good joke. When we when we have a nice chat. Yeah, she wags her tail. She like understands great. what's going on. She thinks yeah. we're really funny, I think. Yeah. Uh, Ellie, she didn't wag her tail Ellie at that. had a mishap yesterday. She uh one of her legs fell through a uh, sewer grate. Ellie has been Those having You guys, I don't know what like she's been having bad luck. Like she um fell into the grate yesterday and scraped up her her leg. Then she got um a condition called cherry eye where like well, okay, no. Let's we're getting ahead of ourselves. Jimmy and I think that she has cherry eye. We're self-diagnosing her with it. Basically, dogs have a third eyelid, and that eyelid can come out of place and get inflamed, and then you have to spend money to get it fixed. Yeah, and it commonly happens more so when uh, puppies are younger, like around like one years old, which is kind of what she is. Certain breeds have it more, but basically, it looks like she has this giant like. Not giant, actually. It's not as giant compared to Google. But she has this kind of, like, reddish-pinkish boobo that's, like, on the inside, like, the inner eyelid part. Yeah. And Jimmy and I have contacted the vet because we don't know if she needs surgery for it or not. But anyway, so she fell down the grate. Um, she has cherry eye. And she also has these, like, itchy bumps that, like, we're not sure if that's normal or not. So, Ellie, are you doing okay? Anyways, that is all we have this week for the Healthcare Horoscope. Now, on to Journal Club. <laughs> Alrighty, you guys, this week for Journal Club, the prompt of the week is, what could benefit you to care less about? I think this is a good question because we all have something that we probably care a little bit too much about um, and we could stand to care less about. So for me personally, I think I could really, uh, this sounds like bad, but like it's, it's not. I think I could try to care less about my patients in the sense that like a lot of times I feel like I go like, like over and what's what's the phrase i go um what's the phrase over and beyond above and beyond usually i go above and beyond for my patients um i like care so much about them i like try to help them coordinate things and lately i realize that sometimes i just invest too much energy in things that i cannot control with them for example like um like if their schedule is off or like for example if like there I, I don't know there's just like a lot of situations where i feel like i bend over backwards trying to like make them feel so much more comfortable and things like that which is good but like i need to set better boundaries and kind of not do that at the cost of myself and myself being able to care for them you know i know it's just like i like i at the end of the day i need to realize like where my responsibilities lie like how i can be a good provider but also like at what cost yeah okay but so you're a really good provider things i know um so, so anyways what's um what's something that you could stand to care less about <laughs> i'm like you care the appropriate amount about everything i, feel I like. think i i think i fall the other direction where i should like care more about certain things what do you think you should care more about <laughs> your like work my diet Oh, exercise. that's a really good one. You know, you're someone that's very, uh, if you really set your mind to it, you could really do anything. So if you just, like, shifted that framework towards health, mm-hmm. I feel like you could totally, instead of your video games and your conquests. I mean, I love it. I guess I could care less about playing video <laughs> I, I, You know what I think I care too much about is, like, having time to relax. What do you mean you care too much about that? That's a like, good thing. No, like, I think I I think I want, I'm greedy with my relaxation time. Like, I should be investing some additional time in other pursuits that aren't just pure relaxation, like exercise. Mm. So for me, like, my idea of relaxation is using my time to invest, whether it be through reading self-help or exercise or meal prep or clean the dishes, stuff like that. How do you, like, justify in your head relaxation time without feeling guilty? Because I have to use my brain all day to take care of patients at work. Uh Uh-huh. So I don't want to have to use my brain at all. And if I use my brain too much after work... I'm gonna, it's going to be mush the next day. All right. Anyways, now on to Spit Club. Wait, what? Spit Club. <laughs> Wait. Welcome to the new Spit Club. Wait, this is how tired I am. Um, Journal Club. Oh, Spit Talk. Thank you. Now on to Spit Talk. <laughs> 
Alrighty, you guys, this week for Spit Talk. So I'm excited to recap for you guys that didn't listen to last week's episode. Um, this past week, I went to New York City to shadow this really cool dentist that I know from Instagram. Um, her name is Dr. Sharon. She's the owner of Lay Bells, this really awesome cosmetic practice in uh, Manhattan, I guess you could say. I realized on this trip, I have no concept of geography in New York because all of my friends were asking me like, oh, where are you going in New York? And I was like, Manhattan, <laughs> like, um, no. So full disclosure, um, I was honestly like quaking in my scrubs to meet Dr. Sharon. Uh, I, she's like a celebrity to me. She's just someone that I really looked up to. I thought her practice was like just so cool. She looks like such a cool dentist. Uh, so yeah, I was like really nervous to meet her at first, honestly. Um, but I had a lot of fun with her all day. She's like such a fun, bubbly, like effervescent kind of person. So like once I got there, the second I met her, I was like, oh, it's gonna be a good day. Like I had like a lot of fun with her and her staff. There's something to be said about someone that can make a work environment where it seems like everyone genuinely seems like they like it, they wanna be there, they're having fun, they love what they do. So I like have to seriously commend Sharon for, uh, Dr. Sharon for creating that environment. Also, she like totally didn't owe me anything, you know? Like we didn't know each other before this, I just cold emailed her. So the fact that she responded and welcomed me with such warm arms, it was just so sweet all day. She, it was just like really, really nice. And I feel like she gave me a lot of confidence to pursue cosmetics and what I like to do. So yeah, it was just a really fun day with her. I got to see a lot of cool cosmetic cases. Like the first case of the day was inserting 14 veneers. I got to see Botox, I got to see other stuff, like other, a lot of veneers actually all day, um, and Invisalign, which was really great to see, uh, and also I was able to get coffee before I shadowed with a different dentist, and that was also nice. I, I like the mix of both a coffee day and a shadow, because I feel like they're two very different, like, learning experiences, and I learned a lot from both of the experiences so shout out to dr michelle lee i had so much fun with her getting coffee um she was so sweet she bought me coffee and breakfast and she was just like such a good mentor to talk to she's so warm and funny and real and down to earth while also being bubbly it's like a very nice mix um i just feel like we really understood each other and got each other's sense of humor editing connie here i also thought of another thing i just have to thank dr michelle because i feel like she really helped me so much because the morning of I was like so nervous to shadow and she just like made me instantly just feel so much more at ease, confident. She gave me like the pep talk that I needed. Um, and yeah, she just like, she reminds me a lot of my older sister, Annie, actually. I just feel such like a kinship to her because she was just really, really like understood where I was coming from and like just knew exactly what to say to make me feel better. So yeah. And I really like that she was vulnerable with me about her journey because, like, I feel like in a normal mentorship, it's just all about, like, how far they've progressed and blah, blah, blah. And she was just very open with me about, like, the things that she currently struggles with and the things that she used to struggle with. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I just, I really appreciate her time. She was, it was, like, such a good way to get my, like, whole day started with her. Um, and, yeah. So, shout out to Dr. Michelle Lee if you're listening. I know that she listened to some other episodes. So, yeah, she totally made my morning. So, thank you so much for that. Anyways, I'm just very thankful for the opportunity. Uh, and yeah, so that was really good. And then what else? Oh, today, big day, you guys. Today was a high value day, Monday, November 7th, because I finally finished. I presented my senior case presentation. It's called the basics presentation. I was hella stressed this year. So basically how it works is every year you present uh, with your dental school, like big little family. So I'm the fourth year big this year. Then you, you have your third year little and your second year little and your first year little. And you all work as a team to present a case presentation about one of the fourth year's patients. So for example, my patient, um, I build this case around my, like one of my favorite patients and like the first year presented about like basic sciences on the patient. The second year presented about like the medications the patient was taking. And then the third year, like research articles about that. And like, it's just like a really nice experience to like end on because I feel like, I don't know, it just, it just flew by so fast, which is kind of crazy. I feel like I was just yesterday, I was a first year and now I'm like the fourth year that's presented. Can you not look at me like that? What? I'm just remembering when you were presenting on Metformin about all this. Oh, you were? Okay, I thought I that... was looking at you lovingly. Oh, I, th I thought that look was wrap it up. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so anyways, it was just like kind of a crazy milestone because I feel like basics was one of the last frontiers. Other than this, Jimmy, all I need to do is like do my like couple few uh, requirements left past CDCA and then that's it. That's literally it. Like I'm like sl like it's then just you can crazy. Start helping pay rent. 
Yeah. No, I already do help pay rent. I'm kidding. She helps pay rent. Guys. Okay. Um. So yeah, it was just really surreal and nice being able to like feel like I completed a big arc. I felt so much pressure this year and I was so nervous because since I'm the fourth year, I'm responsible for kind of everything. So I kept thinking like, what if I picked like a bad patient case? What if I assigned like a bad topic for any of them? What if like they get roasted and then they don't know the answer to the question and then I have to answer and I don't know the answer and I'm supposed to know? So yeah, anyways, I had a very... um. I had bad stress poops all weekend and morning. Um, I feel like I was like giving myself a stress ulcer, but it all worked out and they really, really liked it. I actually had no questions asked at the end. And um, my attending told me in person today that she really enjoyed my presentation. So yeah, what's new with you, Jimmy? Well, I was alone taking care of the house and the dog while Connie was away girl bossing. Um, so uh, pretty much I, I just had a really sad uh, week where I was waiting for Connie to return to me. Hey, you did better than I expected. There were no pizza boxes when I came home. Yeah, I did. Normally I just get like three pizzas and kind of go for it. Um, what did I eat? Yeah, what I, did you eat? Because I didn't notice any new groceries either. What did you eat while I was gone? Well, I think I just kind of scrounged about the house really? for one night. And then I got Chick-fil-A. It's just like so annoying. I can like feel it. And it's getting in the way. You guys ever notice when your girlfriend or fiance is not paying attention to you and it's because they just have too much earwax in their ear? <gasps> I got a big piece. Oh, you got some. That's not even the ear you were trying to get stuff out of. No, I have it in both. Now you're alternating ears. Yeah. When I can't fish in one, I fish in the other. Yeah, but, gonna, no, but there's, there's, a big, there's a big there's a big yeah we gotta share this no. <laughs> <laughs> there's a big piece in there still anyways that is all we have this week for spit talk so for the main episode today i'm so excited you guys i have my friend rudy here she is a fourth year pharmacy student rudy is she just like there are certain people in this life this is a very difficult trait to have but rudy is one of those few people gifted with this trait where her voice, her personality, her charm just jumps out of the microphone and like into reality. Like she's someone that's so effervescent and just like fun to chat with and also fun to listen to. Like I had so much fun laughing with her and also editing this episode. She just like comes to life, like out of the microphone. Like she would be, she was made for podcasting. I hope to have her on again. And she talks about a lot of really interesting stuff, which you guys will read in the title. So anyways, now on to the main episode. Alrighty, you guys. I am super excited to have my good friend Rudy here today. Rudy, how are you doing? I'm so happy to be here, honestly. <laughs> did you just see the other Connie leave? The I chat? did. <laughs> so, you guys, we're recording this on October 28th. You know, it's like the Friday of Halloween weekend. Spook is in the air. Everything's a little spooky today. And for some reason, there were like two Connies that showed up on our Zoom recording. So, we're creeped out. Our theory is one, that it's a ghost, or two, that it's actually Jimmy. So. Yes, yes. I'm leaning with Jimmy for sure. So let's just hope that that was Jimmy. Um, other than that, uh, so Rudy, how was your day? Good, pretty good. Pretty lax today. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but I'm on rotation. Um, mm-hmm. And on Fridays, I get to work from home. So today was like a go to my actual job and make a little money, but stay yes. on that like, work from home computer until noon. Mm-hmm. And then I come mm-hmm. home and I quote unquote work from home but that means really just like chilling out exactly oh my gosh I totally forgot about that grind so one thing that a lot of people don't know sorry I totally did not introduce you correctly either so Rudy is currently a p4 pharmacy student yes ma'am she's graduating is it this May yes I'm ready she's so ready so one thing that a lot of people don't realize or at least from the dental side is that it is like the norm if not expected to work while you're in pharmacy school which is kind of insane because like my friends when we were on rotation they would like go to rotation from like 8 a.m. until like 5 p.m. and then they would work like their pharmacy job from like 6 p.m. until like close until midnight you know like it was crazy Worth the grind (laughs) wishing you well through this grind you are so close to the end so So, a bit about you know what made you choose pharmacy and all of that good stuff yeah so um I don't know if everyone had this club at their school but do you remember HOSA do you remember like the health occupation students of America that's something very similar and I also okay. had Asian parents that introduced me to every health career my my parents were like if you like science become a doctor like it was like I one am, of those things 
I'm dead. I'm dead. Okay. I didn't have that, but I did have Hosa. <laughs> and at the time though, cause this is like what circa 2010 is when I started high school at the time, literally Hosa at, at least at my school was literally only about nursing or being a physician. And we only had like one day to teach us about a dentist one day to teach us about pharmacy one day to teach us about like podiatry. And when it came to like the day for pharmacy, I thought it was like so cool. Like I was also in like chemistry at the time. I was like, this seems like my vibe. Like I like this, but the only thing they talked about was like being at Rite Aid or Publix. And I was like, there's just like something that it's pushing me towards this. But then there's something that pushes me back because I don't want to be at Publix or Rite Aid. No shame against it. We love our community pharmacists. Could not survive without them. But it was just something that I was like, oh, I need more. And so when I went to college, I still studied chemistry, but I also studied public health. And like, I really love kind of just like patient interaction, patient education, leaning to more, more towards pharmacy, patient education. And then I started like watching a lot of videos on YouTube and like listening to podcasts about clinical pharmacy. And I was just like blown. Um, And that's kind of what led me here today. Of course, then I took a drug design class and I was like, just all sold. I was like, yeah, this is me. This is the coolest class. Oh my God. I'm so jealous you got that class. (laughs) One of the reasons why I wanted to have you on actually is because you really allowed me because you have like the coolest rotations, which is kind of like the framework of everything I wanted to ask you today. Like, First of all, this girl's at the CDC. You heard me right, the CDC. So I want to hear all about what it's been like being at the CDC, what were you were expecting, and like how has it been like different or similar to what you expected? Yeah, so like something that kind of like still blows my mind today is we I knew I had to apply for this rotation. Like I knew I had to apply early in advance, blah, blah, blah. And like I guess I don't really give myself props that much because I'm really like a I'm really a downplay kind of girl sometimes and my first day on this rotation the guy does this like whole spill about like yeah congratulations you know you got like one of 15 out of 400 um, applications and I was like what what and so like that is something I did not expect at all because I was like I've always wanted to go to the CDC it was kind of one of those things where it's like I knew I studied public health. I wanted to do my master's in public health. And I knew my dream rotation would be combining pharmacy and public health at the CDC. So I wasn't expecting that. Um, And I'm currently in the division of the drug service. So something that I was not expecting was just like how many roles pharmacists can play at the CDC without actually practicing pharmacy. Um, A lot of the other um, divisions, our pharmacists service like health scientists, um, communication specialist, because like if you're writing up a dear healthcare provider letter or you're writing up information to send to patients or put on the website, you kind of need someone that's a drug expert to be able to explain things thoroughly, but in a very digestible way for patients. And it's kind of hard when you don't have that drug knowledge on how to kind of just like tweak a word very fast, but still get it across. Um, they also serve as like uh, health scientists, health communications advisors. And there's just like so many things there. And it's just kind of like hard to wrap your mind around. It's like, you do what? Like, yeah, like what? <laughs> like the other day they were like, hey, like uh, my division is the closest thing they have to a pharmacy at the agency. So like we do um, the dispensing of like diphtheria antitoxin botulism, antitoxin, and like all these other kind of like random agents for like laboratory workers or people who are working on these agents in labs. But because we're the closest thing to a practicing pharmacy, we get all the DI questions from the entire agency. And so it's like, one day it's like, hey, can this patient that we have at the agency who needs to be deployed to Ghana for 19 days, she's pregnant, can she have these seven vaccines, these three antivirals, and this, this, this. And you were like, um, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> a trimester, like I need more information. And then the next day it's like, hey, we need to make a metronidazole suspension for one of the prairie dogs in the lab. And I'm like, oh my God, not the prairie like, dogs. <laughs> yes. And so it's just like so random because like they're they're like they they just like automatically see drug service as like, oh, that's our pharmacist versus like all the other pharmacists in the agency serving as like consultants. So it's just really it's I wasn't expecting that, but it's it's been fun. That's something that I was laughing about with Rudy actually earlier because she posted a story about like one of the drug consults that she got. And like it's just so funny because like you guys want to talk about imposter syndrome. So like pharmacists are kind of like the catch-all of every aspect of medicine that like doctors yes. can't answer. Yes. 
So it's funny because they'll come to you and they'll be like, like, you're the best person for this. And and you'll be like, am I? There's got to be someone else that knows more than me. And then, like, you'll look around and you'll be like, yeah, no, no one else is going to, like, no even else. remotely. Because, like, I, and it's, it's not to shit on doctors or, or nurses or any other profession. It's just yeah. purely the fact that I'm like, no, like, there's, I'm the closest thing that's going to understand, like, PK and PD and, like, all of that, like, pharmacogenetics, like, all that stuff. Like, I, one of the things I was shocked about that you actually taught me on your page was like just how many different areas of like working at the CDC that there are. I mean, like I knew that it was a big place, but I was just like blown away. And one thing that you mentioned too, that I can relate to for sure. And I think a lot of people can, is that you were actually, you mentioned you were hoping to get, I think the HIV and the AIDS division first. Yeah. And then you were somewhat disappointed when you found out that you had this one and said, just give me a brief breakdown of what that was like when you found out that you didn't get it and like why you're happy things turn out the way they are. Yeah. So like when I applied for this rotation, so you apply in October before your, your P4 year. So when I applied in October, of course, like I was like gung ho, I want the division of HIV AIDS prevention, all that good stuff. Like background, I work in HIV. Like I've been in working in HIV for like over two and a half years now. Like, like I was like, that's my number one. Don't give me anything else. That's all I want. (laughs) Like, I was like, because you're supposed to give like your top three options. And I was honestly mm-hmm. going to be so. Just do all be, three. <laughs> do all. I literally was so, I literally, I like, it was like 20 minutes before I, like, before I actually sent the email. I was like, okay, let me not do this. Cause they're going to be like, ma'am, no. So I was literally going to yeah. be like, HIV, HIV, <laughs> HIV. Um, but I actually, I don't even think I put this division on my top three, which is another thing that I'm just like, how did I end up here? But obviously that was fate. Because like when I got my actual notice of getting the rotation, it was March. Like you apply in April, in, in October. I got right. my notice of this in March and like rotations start May. Yeah, and so there's no getting out of that. <laughs> there's no getting out of it. And I was just like, you know what? I'm a roll with it. This is my dream rotation, no matter what. I'm sure maybe when I'm there, maybe I can meet some other people. And I was honestly, I was kind of like disappointed. Like there's no hiding that, you know, it's right. like, you ha- I had my mindset on it. I knew that like, I would beast that role. Like I have experience, all this stuff. I was like, this is like my dream role. Like I had talking, I had talked well, I had talked to two people already in that division that were pharmacists. Like my first year of school, I was like, I name dropped them in my letter of intent. I was like, oh, <laughs> I see how it is. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to hit him with this name, hit him with that name. Like name dropping everything. And like, they're like, you got the drug service. I was like, <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> I'm sorry, repeat that. Yeah. Um, but honestly, like I was like trying to like hide myself up for it. And then of course, when I got there my first day, I was like, I love it. I don't want to leave. <laughs> and like one of the guys is like retiring at the end of this month. And I'm like so close to being like, can I have your job? Like, wait, so close. The way that my jaw has hit the floor. Rudy, if this is not a sign. I know. It's like, it's so, it's one of those things where like, I literally came home that first week and had an existential crisis every single night because I was like, I can see myself here. Like, like I was like, I love everyone. We're connecting. They keep giving me like, they're like, wow, I've never thought about that. That's so cool. Like, I've been in this service for 20 years. I never thought about packaging it like that or things that, like, like, I feel like they've just, they've just like be like, ugh, it's like hard to like put into words, but it's like, yes. it was, it's amazing. And it's just one of those things where it's like in your head, you want things to go one way mm-hmm. and you, you kind of shut yourself off from all these other awesome opportunities until that opportunity literally hits you upside the head. And it's like, mm-hmm. look, look what's right in front of you right now. So overall, I'm very happy how it went. And I kind of wish I did not beat myself up about not getting that division. Cause I'm also the person that will be like, well, was it me? But it's like, mm. maybe they're like, I think they think I had too much experience. What happens if someone wanted that experience and mm-hmm. now they have a time and a chance to actually learn more versus me right. just going in there and not doing anything. That is such a beautiful example actually of maybe why like it's better that you didn't get it because it's like you would have, yeah, you would have crushed that rotation, but it's like for what? Then you would have already known all of it. Whereas now someone else is learning something completely new, whereas you are bringing something completely new to that division. And they're probably so thankful that you have that like HIV plus yeah. like public health background. Like, I just think that's so amazing. Um, do you have any other experiences in your life or in pharmacy school where like 
it was like a happy serendipitous kind of surprise like that funny because like I saw myself like my second year kind of going the traditional like acute care route like I was Mm. like you know what I think I want to go work in the hospital and be a hospital intern and be a clinical pharmacist do crit care and I feel like that's like all of us are once we hit our second year of pharmacy school everyone's like crit care nothing (laughs) I honestly thought that too I was like "Hmm." well like either crit care or like some sort of like emergency I just thought it was really sexy and cool yes wow it's so clinical (laughs) yes yes like that I was like that's like our ideal clinical pharmacist in our head but it's like no like come on we need someone to do like anti-coag and cardiology (laughs) still y'all come on and I remember getting my job at my inpatient hospital and I was just like so excited. I was like, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be this, I'm going to be this. Turned out to be so insanely miserable. I hated going every weekend. Like I, we were forced to, we had to work every other weekend, um, eight hours each day. And I was just like so miserable. First, I was like so excited about it because I was like, I'm going to be that awesome inpatient clinical intern. This is this. So yeah. miserable like so miserable and at the same time I was volunteering for my HIV clinic that I now work for and then COVID hit and they sent out a newsletter and they're like hey like we need help with our um like our pharmacy services and our going curbside at the clinic and I just like one day so miserable already with this like inpatient internship I emailed that clinic and I was like hey if you need help like I'm a pharmacy student that has to go home anyway for COVID and I can do the curbside stuff for you within nine hours their director emailed me and hired me and I've been there now for two and a half years oh my god and it was just kind of like one of those things where it's like another like again you thought everything was going to go your way you thought this is going to be like such a cool like you're going to be impatient you're going to love it this is exactly what you want to do this is what everyone tells you you're supposed to do Mm -hmm. but no it was not for me and sweet serendipity like I've been in am care now for two and a half years I love it like I'm not interested in acute care at all it's so interesting how like well one I think that's one of the best skills if not like the most important skill that you should really develop in your career in your life is knowing what's for you because oh, yes. like that's a skill that no one talks about in school like when we should be learning it no one talks about like making decisions authentic to yourself knowing in your core what you like versus the narrative because I don't know about you but for me when I was considering back when I was considering a career in pharmacy um (laughs) I was like I had this like narrative that I wanted to be some super intense like clinical Grey's Anatomy like version Mm -hmm. of pharmacy because it just seems so glorious to me and I was just like I don't know but then I kind of had a similar experience once I started working in hospital pharmacy I was like absolutely not no (laughs) Uh, well for the situation that I was in kind of makes me think about too like what are the best ways to like shape that kind of decision making like knowing what's for you and unfortunately I feel like there's no other way to learn what's for you than to just go out there and like try it and see it unfortunately you were in pharmacy school what were like some of your biggest challenges like we talked now a lot about the serendipitous happy moments but what were those like rock bottoms because like (laughs) lord knows we all have them Oh my God. Yes. I think like one, my first semester of learning how to study again, like, oh my God. (laughs) Oh, like, you know, you breeze through undergrad, you breeze through high school and stuff. And you're like, oh, grad school is just going to be a little bit harder. And then like, you're like, wow. 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 Mr. PK, PK wrecked me. Oh my gosh. So for those of you non-farm people out of there, pharmacokinetics wrecked me. Pharmacodynamics killed me. Um, what what else was there? Uh, pharmacology in general killed in general, me. Yes. Yeah, just learning what like a sip was and like, oh my gosh. So what Rudy's talking about for a lot of like, I have a lot of um dental people that listen. Pharmacy school, as much as dental school was a whole new language, pharmacy school was genuinely just like such a new language. It was so hard to understand. Do you remember the first week of school being like, okay, antagonist versus agonist? Like, it was just not in there. And there's a a competitive, why are they competing? Like, what? I'm like, who's competing? (laughs) What for? What are you? And like, I just wouldn't understand things. And then by the end of pharmacy school, you can read this dense literature and these studies, like nothing, like reading a whole new language. Yeah. So that's what she means when you study. And that was one interesting thing I noticed about pharmacy versus dental school was dental school. Like it was a, it was a heavy load, 
and it was learning like a new language but with pharmacy like pharmacy I think I also had to change the way I think because for pharmacology it's very like puzzly you're like if you antagonize this then you accentuate this and then it's like oh gosh it's so much and if you add in an inducer versus an inhibitor what not an inducer <laughs> if you what happens to drug c if you induce yeah. a but you literally i just did like some practice questions for the netflix on that this past weekend and i was literally on my piece of paper like a b c this goes up <laughs> down left right. oh yeah, yeah okay never mind what yeah yeah no I'm like drawing arrows every which yes, way yes that was oh my gosh Netflix. how are you feeling about Netflix? um <laughs> so I okay I feel like this is controversial because like I know there are several schools who just like give you your book and you just have to do it on your own mm-hmm. but like our school does a board prep class and a lot of people were like no I wish I had that throughout the year because I feel like it would have been beneficial so that I didn't have to study for, you know, seven weeks at the end of school. However, mm-hmm. on the flip side, we have to do these like weekly quizzes and assessments. And that just like really bogs you down when you're like spending, like, like my last rotation was not as lax as this rotation. So it's like mm-hmm. when I'm like basically working at the hospital and coming home and still working, basically, you know, trying to catch up on journal clubs and stuff, I don't have time to watch these like one hour lectures every day then take right. a 40 minute practice quiz, then take a 40 minute exam just to do this board prep class that I'm taking throughout this entire year for right. next May. So it's kind of like one of those things where it's just like, it's really annoying right now. I'm sure it'll be beneficial in the end, but like yeah, right now I'm just kind of like passively taking it. And I feel like I'm going to have to like actually take it <laughs> around yeah. next year. I have that problem where like whenever I take a class on something like I immediately like my mind is like okay how can I like pass this class with the least level of work literally it's not beneficial then because I'm like okay these quizzes I'll just like do whatever like like, I just it's it's really hard to study for board exams that way also I'm sure you'll be fine though I really do think it's like a minimum competency kind of board exam fine with me <laughs> everyone keeps saying I'm gonna have a leg up because of the HIV questions everyone says yes that, like, they're like yeah um literally all the stuff I miss was HIV on the Netflix and I'm like boy I could tell you big tech revere all day oh, over here. Big, <laughs> big tech revere oh my god you are gonna be so sad HIV <laughs> HIV and AIDS and also infectious disease which you yeah. did a rotation on already right yeah yeah how was that rotation uh I literally feel like I saw things that like you talk about in school once and you're uh-huh. like oh bro this person actually has malaria like you're like, like that's, that's a real? thing like what <laughs> um like and especially because the institution I'm at here um it's like one of those institutions where patients get sent there when everyone else does not know what's going on that's true like that's yeah. why it's the fan that's why they're there <laughs> yes and then it's like it wasn't even like an id floor i was on an id consult team so these patients are already sent to our hospital because no one else knows what's going on right. the id team doesn't know what's going on so id yep. consults is like all right come on like let that's me go like the see last them. of the last yeah. last of the last so mm-hmm. it was just like a lot of like things where i'm like what and it's like they've got like like I, I had this guy who got punched in his jaw and it was, he was fine. He like went home, but the next day he came back. It literally was like, his jaw was like out, like outside of his freaking face, but also like drooping down on his shoulder. It was like this huge, just mass. And it turned out to be like neck bash inside of his jaw because he didn't know that he broke his jaw when he got <gasps> punched. Oh my God. And he just like, he just like went home and like, it was like, it was like a day or so later came back and it was literally like drooping and like, he couldn't open. So like, it was just like that kind of thing where like we were consulted because they're like, Hey, like, we think it's like just some inflammation. We think it's like, you know, it's always just some inflammation. That's my go-to. Just some inflammation. (laughs) And they're like, I don't know what something is. And I'm presenting to one of my like attendings. I'll be like, some inflammation there like even if I don't see inflammation I'm like there's probably inflammation (laughs) and like literally naming whatever normal flora is in the mouth I'm like yeah that's that and they're like no it was neck bash I was like oh okay 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 got it got it got it got it got it um wow (laughs) so I was like just like seeing such random things like lots of infected hearts um I had a case of West Nile like 
it was just like some random stuff. So I was like, wow, like I will be able to like tell my kids like, yeah, I saw West Nile. Oh my God, wait, <laughs> I'm so jealous. You have like the coolest rotations. Did you like try to get the coolest, like most like diverse array? Cause you also had like oncology and all that stuff too. Like mm-hmm. did you try to get this kind of reach or did were you, was it also part of the lottery system? So a mix. So I yeah. knew that I would love every single thing that I rotated through. I knew it. And so I wanted to be one as specific as I could in terms of like the specialties, like we have to do acute care. You have to do AM care. You have to do, um, of course, a community, but I wanted to make sure I did very specific disease states in those genres. Um, Mm. I love AM care. I work in HIV, but we didn't have an HIV rotation. So I was like, okay, what's something that I commonly see in my HIV clinic that I could kind of get some more experience in? And that was like hep C, hep B, all those kind of things. So I was like, okay, let's see, like with AMCARE, can I do something that's like a hepatology clinic or like transplant or something like that? Like something specific to where, like, as you know, like with pharmacy, certain disease states require a lot more attention, a lot more like just things to do. So I figured that like, if I did only like a hypertension clinic or a primary care clinic, which is very awesome. I knew I wouldn't really get the experience that I did in hepatology where I was doing PAs for 10 hours and, you know, appeal, appeal letters, like really important things that we kind of need to know to do in specialty. Um, I knew I wouldn't get that experience or be able to go to a transplant things like that. Um, Mm And then with oncology, I didn't specifically want solid tumor. I knew that that was something that's like super like, like booming right now in pharmacy. Everyone's really interested in oncology. So I kind of wanted to go for Mm. something that's very specific that like, if I did end up in oncology and like in the future, then like, I knew I could have a like position immediately. Cause not really a lot of people, at least down here, we're going into heme. Um, Mm. So I was like, this would be kind of cool. Um, regretted it my first day because like <laughs> we talked about like two heme disorders and I saw like a subsect of all those like the rare parts of all those and I was like cool 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 yeah Got yeah <laughs> and that's then, like genius though yeah because I just really wanted a very like good array of different things versus only doing internal med which is fine I right, love right. it but I just really wanted very specific things because I was like I know I'm gonna love everything so I need to be as like niche as possible to like mm-hmm. kind of rule things out that I know for sure I don't like, but I could see myself in, if that makes sense. That's probably one of the smartest things I've heard anyone on this podcast say is how <laughs> like, cause I think a lot of people don't think about how hard it can be if you love everything. Cause that's yeah. almost a disadvantage. So the fact that you went into it knowing like, okay, I'm niching down so that way I can really figure out like, if, if I hate a rotation, sure, I'll hate the six weeks of it. But at least now I know for sure I, I don't know. want that niche. Yeah. yeah. And now by niching yourself down on all of your require or all of your um, rotations, you totally just made yourself like a standout student for when you try to find a job, like by niching down. Because a lot of people that are applying for the same jobs or residencies as you, they're going to have the same experiences. Yeah. Whereas this will really set you apart, which is awesome. Um, one of the rotations you mentioned, I, it's funny, I was actually like, most curious about how student health was I just want to hear all the student health tea what were the students like tell me about like what worked with them what things you saw I I just want to hear it all one college kids are so disgusting like it's just like (laughs) nasty just so nasty and it's funny because my friend is currently on that rotation now and it's like you know it's still fall semester when I did it it was like summer semester and they have a like um an advanced program to where students can like start college early, you know, come like come in the summer. And then like, you know, you do like those introductory classes kind of get your feel for being in college. I feel like those were the nasty ones. The ones that are like, this is my first day away from, this is my first time away from home. Like I'm not going to shower. I'm not going to do anything. (laughs) And when I tell you half of my patient education during that rotation was teaching boys to put on socks like dry, dry yourself when you get out the shower. You should not be coming in here for athlete's foot cream every week. Like something is wrong, honey. Uh, <laughs> lots of just like lots of like grooming. It was a lot of like teaching boys like, hey, like 
you you can't do the as my preceptor would call it the drip drop method the boys that like get out the shower and they're still kind of like wet and they just throw their clothes on it's like no do you know what grows in that sock oh. when you do that like honey <laughs> and it was just so funny but sh- my preceptor there she had been in student health for I want to say she's been there for about over 10 years and so just like the oh. little tidbits she taught me about like sex health and like student health because that's what a lot of it was a lot of it was sex health and psychiatric help um Mm -hmm. so just like little things for like our women who might you know be having some like um like when we think of like trying to think of what's a good one okay so you know how like for some stds where we have to apply like um like a labial cream and stuff like that it's very uncomfortable down there. So she was like, yeah, I teach the girls. So they have a hairdryer, put it on the low setting. And when you get out the shower, instead of like wiping yourself down there and further irritating yourself, you dry yourself. Quick little, little oh, hairdryer. And I was just like, I have never thought of that. And she just like taught me like all these random things. Like, um, oh my God, teach me more, like, teach me more. I want to know. Like, or she like with the boys with the drip drop, she, she gave them <laughs> this like, like she was like, after 20 seconds, when you're out the shower, if you are still not dry, dry yourself, actually, like just, just test, just test it, things like that, where it's like, like you, try it out, just try it out. And it's just a, a lot of it was just like, te- like finding a way to meet them where they're at. Um, mm. <laughs> lots of, we did a lot of acne. Um, oh God. What it are was, some acne things? Oh, so of course, you know, Accutane is like huge, huge. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, I think we dispensed that like, like 10 Accutanes a day, honestly, when I was there. Yeah. So many college kids. Um, so that is something that like really, really dries them out. Like it's a, you know, uh, and so a lot of things that they never thought of, they always are like trying to go for, or at least their dermatologists, no shame with dermatologists. I love my dermatologists, but a Mm -hmm. lot of them were using these very, very expensive, like emollients and like moisturizers, which we love. I love mine. Mm -hmm. Not gonna lie. However, Mm -hmm. with the boys, they don't use them. So they spend the money on them, don't use it. And they think their Accutane's not working. And you're like, oh my oh. God. And so then with that, you kind of like, we kind of would be like, well, how about this? Do you have Vaseline? And they're like, yeah, I've got Vaseline. I'm like, okay, cool. <laughs> well, do you have Aquaphor? Any, anything around your house that is a moisturizer? They're like, yeah. And literally just like using, <laughs> it's so simple, but just using like Vaseline or Aquaphor, after you put on your like tretinoin, all that gets, you know, just things like that. Where you're just like, yeah. guys, like it doesn't actually have to be a 25 step process for you. Like I know your mom paid a thousand dollars for it. <laughs> right. But, uh, like if you're if you can have her mail it, that to me, then li- I'll listen, take it off your head. Listen, <laughs> listen. I was like, however, your low rush pussy and your Sarah yeah. can come to me. Like, <laughs> oh my God, these boys with their, with their low rush pussy. No. Yes. Like, so it's just like one of those things where it's like teaching them, like, you don't have to be super fancy all the time. Like you really can just use like Vaseline and Aquaphor or like just in terms of like their diets and stuff like that of course when it comes to like certain other medications like like obviously we did a lot of STDs we had a lot of doxycycline and you know doxycycline and some dairy or like doxycycline you go to bed like your stomach don't like it so like just like teaching boys like oh or even like lots of stuff in terms of like obviously they're college kids having sex so like Mm -hmm. (laughs) teaching about condoms or like you know don't keep it I thought this was like kind of like known, but don't keep it in your wallet like that. And it keeps rubbing. Just like the boys, just, they just never learn. They, they just never learn. learn. And I they think that's like learn. what's cool about your position is like you guys are like their parents basically. basically. Too, because it's like this is the first time they've left the nest. Yes. And so you're going to have to take on like mama's role and being like put yes. on your lotion, dry yourself after yes. the shower for God's sake. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Like, or like, especially like, especially with the athlete's foot, like we would be like, Hey, like also like, if you don't like just like putting on socks, like one guy was like, yeah, I just don't like wearing socks. So like the only way that I remember to wear them is like just to throw them on right after the shower. And I'm like, that's Ew. So and I was like, okay, so you don't like socks. Like, where are you from? He was like, you know, I'm from California. I was like, cool, cool, cool. Do you wear flip-flops? And he was like, yeah. I was like, it's, it's July. It's a hundred degrees <laughs> to prevent your athlete's foot because you keep you know, festering that sock, wear your flip-flops. Like, 
you like i know it's gonna be weird to walk around campus and flip flops but buddy like you're spending a grand in this cream and the pair the people upstairs keep sending you the same prescription and i'm like fam there's ways (laughs) to stop this (laughs) like so there is another way there's another way like it's just they're just it's just it's like funny when you think about it but then you also think about like the nurture versus nature psychology Mm -hmm. of like how some kids are raised and then you you kind of like realize like you're kind of like in a lucky position like you said to kind of like Mm -hmm. give them that guidance on like just basic hygiene and lots of sex health and then of course like working in HIV a lot of my job also involves prep so like editing Connie here I figured I would just explain just in case anyone doesn't know so PrEP just stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis, so it's basically like a medication that you can take um, before having sex or anything like that, and that can help you prevent getting HIV. I got to like talk to some patients who like, this is their first time like being openly like happy with who they are and who they're with because they're away from home and they're like really excited to like explore their new sexuality. So like talking to them about PrEP like literally made me like so happy. So it's just one of those things where it's like, I'm excited to be here and like, touch the lives of little kids like <laughs> that sounds so weird touch the lives of uh, <laughs> like to like to like just okay. guide them. <laughs> oh my gosh Wait, God. This is one of the things that I love about you Rudy is that you like I'm someone that was like so not made for pharmacy but like you everything that you do you have such a zest for that it makes Aww. me being like oh my god like she does make this seem really cool like that's why I'm like I'm so happy Rudy's part of my like Instagram family we've been following each other for a yes. while yes. and pharmacy Instagram is just so lucky to have you because you're such oh. a good like bright light um don't make me cry and, like, <laughs> I, I seriously like wasn't planning on any of this at all but just hearing you talk about like me- like helping those students and then helping you know all of your patients in your other jobs like it's just so clear that you were meant for this yeah so uh, just enjoy that because you were truly meant for this one thing that I thought was like super cool actually was your current rotation with the CDC yeah. you actually like have scru- structured time to like talk to your mentors or to talk to different people in different divisions yeah which I thought was so cool because that's kind of just like mentor, uh, what's it called? Like just fostering mentorship, yeah. like intentionally. So I was wondering if you could share with us what are like some of the best tips and advice that your different mentors at the CDC have given you and like yeah. also any tips you have on finding good mentors? Yeah. Oh my God. So one of the best tips I actually got yesterday Um, I, like I mentioned earlier, I kind of like have been having this existential crisis with like, do I go straight into the workforce at the CDC or do I go to residency, et cetera? And so I sat down with someone who literally did my same rotation 20 years ago, like has been at the CDC or in the public health service for like now 22 years, I think she said. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I like you have been where I have been. We have the same interests. I need you to spill. Like I need, mm-hmm. I need all of it right now. And she was like, so walk me through what you're interested in. And I was just like, I love HIV. Like I would love to do this, this, this. I'm really ex- ex- um, interested in trans care. I'm interested in gender affirming care. I'm interested in all of these things that connected them to like prep and like all this. And she was like, so what's the problem with going to do that for 20 years and then retiring here? And I was like, I, I mean, I just... I thought I would need to go directly into it. And she's like, honey, CDC is always going to be here. Like, what's the problem with like being 26 and choosing what you want to do at this moment, doing that when you're tired, go on to the next thing. And it's just kind of like, like, it sounds very simple, but it kind of blew my mind because like, I'm just that person that's like, I need to have a plan immediately. And I need to know what I want to do for the next 10 years. I need to lay it out. Mm -hmm. I need to know like, like if, if I'm feeling this way and I'm really happy about this thing, oh, that means I have to do that thing. Like, I can't wait to do that thing. I have to do it right now. And it's like, no, like you can slow down and kind of like take this one path. And then when you hit the roadblock and you're like, I'm ready for something different, then move on to that. And mm. it's funny because the guy that's retiring at in my division right now, he's been a pharmacist for 30 years. He's going to do mental health counseling when he retires. He's going to school to be a counselor. Like, so it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know how to put into words, but like you can do multiple things in life. Like we're pretty young. Like, and and, I mean, even people like in my graduating pharmacy class came back to school at 40 and 50. Like, I guess it's just like in my head, I just 
have to have everything laid out. And it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, I could literally do whatever the heck I want. Um, Mm -hmm. So I really feel like that was kind of one of the like really most important and touching things that I got yesterday. Um, Outside of that, just a lot of like, of course, they say this in pharmacy all the time. It's a small world. So you have to network. Um, But just kind of like how to excuse my language, gracefully kiss ass. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Like, <laughs> how to gracefully do it. And in terms of like building a genuine connection with people, because I feel like a lot of people, we have to build, you feel like you have to build a connection with someone who's in that job you want right now. And mm-hmm. all the pharmacists I have met um, at the CDC, only two out of 12 are in the division I want to be in. But everyone else, I've learned so much from. Like in terms of like how they got there, why they specifically chose these routes, um, how to negotiate your salary, how to negotiate your position, how to negotiate like leveraging your doctorate while yes, you're serving as a health scientist, but leveraging like your expertise and drug knowledge, things like Mm -hmm. that, that like I would have never thought of because I would have immediately cut them out of my list to talk to because they're not, they're not in what I want. So it's kind of one of those things where it's like a even when you meet someone at a conference and they're like, not necessarily in your specialty, like they might have so much like knowledge to give you. Um, so like that has really kind of like opened my eyes. Cause I'm like, so typical, like, Oh, I want to talk to people with HIV, but like, I was right. like the, 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 the diabetes and birth injury prevention ladies, like dropped me some gems. I was like, oh. <laughs> so like definitely like, be open to everyone. And like, in terms of like, especially like finding a mentor, I mean, just like, just like what I said, like be open to everyone. Like it's so hard because like, I feel like also lately, all of my mentors have been female, which I Mm. really love. Cause like one, I mean, (laughs) medicine has been a very male dominated world for Mm. the dawn of time. Yeah, so like, forever. Like forever, like no matter what specialty, no matter what like specific like doctorate you get and like seeing like all these female leaders like at my, at the agency has just been like very empowering. And even if like, they don't like serve as my mentor going forward for like 20 years down the road, like it's still kind of like a, a mentor in the back of your head. That's like, remember that lady who looked just like me, that was like the captain of the division, like, right. Mm. So it's like, mm-hmm. you can kind of like have a passive mentor, honestly, which is something that I've been noticing lately. Cause like, I don't have time to have 30 mentors physically and like meet with 30 people a month, but right. I can remember some quick conversations I have with people and I could still consider them to be my mentor. Oh my gosh. You just like, I love that phrase so much passive mentor. I yeah. like, we need to make this a thing because <laughs> I just think like, that's so true. Like you don't have the energy capacity time, neither does 30 other people yeah like have 30 mentors but to have a passive mentor to have like someone that you look up to that can show you like it's possible or like even just someone like I'm such a creeper sometimes I'll just go on LinkedIn and just like find people that do cool things and just to, like know That's that they me. exist oh yes. my god you use LinkedIn as like yes. a social media page oh, too. <laughs> yes yes and I'm like and then I, like I, I used to be like so like embarrassed that they could see who I, I looked at their page but now I'm like yeah. I don't care I'm like I'm, I'm like I want you to see that I want I saw you to you. see me like witness me like witness this (laughs) one last segment that I kind of want to switch gears on so you are um the meal prepping queen you (laughs) post on your stories like we are meal preps for the week um I know this week we're doing salads and chips though so (laughs) yeah this this week is salad week but I want you to give me your meal prepping tips because I have this problem where like I'll spend like three hours on a Sunday making some elaborate meal and then the week comes and I'm like I don't want it I don't want it anymore. I'm like, I want like that sandwich from school. I don't want this. So give me all your tips for that. Honestly, that is so me though. Cause like, I think, especially like in the beginning, like I was like trying to be so aesthetic and make this like three hour, four course meal prep. And I think like, if it takes longer than an hour and a half for me, I'm not going to eat it. Like I know me, Mm. like it has to be on like, like a one pan kind of thing where I can go ahead and chop up everything make it yep. on that one pan in the oven and I can step away for some time because if I have to do like four different pans and a saucepan and a pot over here and then I have to like bake something and then two hours later I gotta take it out and then flip it and then gotta put this in the air fryer I'm done I'm done yeah. 
I'm done. Yep. Um, so like definitely one, I get a lot of my ideas from YouTube. Um, okay. I'm a quick, like I love a quick, easy meal plan or quick, easy meal prep video. Cause like one, I won't make everything they make. Cause like a lot of, sometimes there's a lot of like things in it that I don't necessarily eat. Like I try to be as dairy free as I can. Cause hashtag mm-hmm. stomach problem girlies over here. Um, yep. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. so like, I try to like, just like get ideas and like, I keep it like a running list in my phone of like things that I know can be made together. And that helps me a lot. Like I used to try to like make like a sheet pan where it's like, um, all these different veggies and some potatoes, but like, I would only do everything at 400. And like some of those specific agents did not actually get well enough or actually bake good enough or roast good enough. So then when I'm eating it on Monday, Tuesday, something's mushy, but something's perfect, but something's like a little, like not done on the inside. And then that would kind of like deter me in the middle of the week. I'm like, I'm not doing this. This is disgusting. Or like I end up throwing out those pieces of broccoli and I'm like, but I paid for that and I ain't got no money. Like mm-hmm. you paid for that broccoli, whether that. it's mushy or undercooked. Yes. Wait, that's like preaching to the choir. Is I'm like this yes. bell pepper is so soft, yes. but this cauliflower is so hard. Yes, yes. And literally, I never thought of that because one, like I ain't a chef. Like I thought yeah, everything yeah. could be good at 400 degrees for 20 minutes. You know, that's like, the go-to is 400. I'm go-to. like, it's not 425. Yes. It's not 375. <laughs> yes, yes. And I came across this girl on YouTube who's like she does these meal prepping things, but she doesn't make meals with the meal prep. She just meal preps all these random ingredients that she can turn into like five different meals. And I think that's what works for me better. And during one of her videos, she was like, yeah, um, mushrooms, potatoes, uh, mushrooms, potatoes. And I think it was like broccoli. Those are the go-to if you're going to make something together. And then she provided like two other examples of things to make together that will do not have to be flipped one does not have to be removed halfway through like the same time for all of them same uh-huh. degrees and I was like say less say less wait that's genius yeah that is so smart okay. to organize things not by yes. flavor but by like practical cooking time yes yes okay so it's um oh okay hold on it's two different ones broccoli brussels sprouts mushrooms all take 25 minutes in a 425 oven and then the okay. second one is carrots and potatoes take 45 minutes and 425. And it's oh. just like right there, you technically have two different meals. Like if you're not feeling like Brussels sprouts, mushrooms or broccoli, then you can make carrots or potatoes. But it's like kind of like having something where you don't have to do the whole, all right, at 25 minutes, I got to take this one out and I got to flip this one. This also reminds me of a question that I forgot to ask you. I just love hearing about people's like school experiences. Tell me yeah. about like the people, the places and the things that made your pharmacy school experience. Like, did you have a bar that you always went to? Did you have like a competency in one notorious professor that was always hard? Like, what was the vibe? Oh gosh. Yes. So especially it's so funny. Cause it's like, my first year vibe was so much different than my second year because COVID hit my really? second year. Yeah, like oh, COVID hit our okay. second year. So it was kind of like a, you're like, oh, dang, we can't go, you know, to that Starbs and stay there for eight hours today. Like I, like literally after every exam, we were at this like Mexican restaurant and you know, those like small mom and pop Mexican restaurants, yes. the jumbo margaritas that like have mm-hmm. you literally out of, your like, head. out of your head within five minutes. Mm-hmm. That was our vibe. So it's like you grinded. We would meet. We would meet in the um, library, of course. Like I was definitely a night owl my first year. Um, a lot of like meeting my friends in the library because one, I stayed on campus my first year, so it was easy for me to just like walk from my dorm to the library. Literally, I would go home after class, change into pajamas and a sweatshirt, make my own coffee, or and then pack extra k cups in my bag because they had a keurig in our library and you just triggered a memory Girl, you just triggered listen, the memory of me coming listen. back from class and then making coffee no one should make coffee at 4 p.m 4 p.m the tachycardia that we have yeah. like the lot we live with at baseline is illegal it's illegal yep. like oh my god jail <laughs> jail straight to jail like literally i would like go home change make coffee come back to the cap like to the library and I'd always bring a blanket and I just remember like this one room at the basement of our library so the basement of our library is open 24 hours and there's this one room that's like down the hall all the way in the back and like the main area and it's like one of those large study hall rooms it has like some windows but it also has like the big whiteboard and it's like 10 chairs and it just seems to be like four of us in there just joking 
all night getting nothing done. You know, you like nothing. study for three hours and you're like, oh my God. And then you order DoorDash and then you order yeah. pizza. <laughs> like, I just, I feel like those nights made my experience. Cause it's like yeah. one, we're suffering together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's just something that hits different about suffering with other people, you know? Literally. Yeah. Uh, God, those are my like, those nights and then after the exam going to get margaritas like immediately like not even like like not even like waiting for everyone it's like I'll you know where I'm at like I'll be there yeah yeah like meet me over there (laughs) meet me over there like literally we're not even gonna wait for exam grades we're going straight there you know like go like god yeah god what else um I did KE so like of course like our KE parties and things like that like Mm -hmm. you know Halloween party every year the back to school party every year you're like these are my people that I'm struggling with (laughs) it just hits different I know the Halloween. I feel like I that was the best part of pharmacy school. Wait, is your program the um is your program like the two and four or is it like broken up a certain way? Or did you like do undergrad first and then you applied? I did. I did undergrad, but starting my first my P1 year, they did start allowing for people to do the two plus four. So there are some people in my class who only did two years of undergrad and then um, started with me as a P1. Um and that and they got their BS in pharmaceutical sciences at the end of our P2 year. Okay, so that's like kind of how our program was. So that was part of my experience was the fact that I was like, just turned 21. <laughs> like I was like 21 years old, like learn like, so we would, ha- we would have like the body of a 21 year old like partying and stuff. But then the next day, we would have to roll out of bed and be like, so sip 2E1. Like it was just like living this double life of being like a healthcare student, but then like literally killing my liver before <laughs> that ironically learning about the liver and then killing my liver literally because of said exam well anyways Rudy thank you so much for your time you were an absolute delight I had such a good time talking to you like this is just you're just such a natural at all this so I definitely want to have you back at some point because this was so much fun um I would do anything to be back so I mean (laughs) just say the word and I'm there I was honored and you know I love you so I was very happy to be here Oh my God, you're so sweet. Thank you so much. Uh, Well, I hope you have a good day. Thank you so much for you guys that are listening. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.